This is Women and Justice, and I'm your host, Dr. Shantae James. Our guest today is an associate professor of public administration in the School of Public Affairs at Penn State Harrisburg. Her research interests are nonprofit management, gender and leadership, disaster management, and social network analysis. She teaches courses in research methods and nonprofit management. Her work has appeared in the scholarly journals such as American Review of Public Administration, Administration and Society, and Public Management Review. She has presented her work at numerous national and international conferences, including the American Society of Public Administration, the International Society of Third Sector Research, and Association for Research on Nonprofit and Volunteer Association. So needless to say, it was hard to get her. We are blessed to have the next speaker on our roster for this month. Thus, I request that she state her name before talking about her research associated with this topic. Thank you very much, and I'm very delighted to be here. I am uh, Professor Tripur Navasavada, and I work at Penn State Harrisburg. I teach in uh, public administration uh, at School of Public Affairs. I uh, teach courses in nonprofit organizations, management, and leadership. My uh, research focus on um, women leaders of nonprofit organizations. I study their leadership styles. Uh, My research also focus on uh, social networks uh, and other management issues. Uh, Recently, I'm working on two projects that might interest you. And uh, one is focused on gender and academic jobs. And in there, I'm looking at uh, what are the differences in men and women? Um, Those are on tenure track. Um, in terms of working hours, productivity, family structures, publications, and a lot more other things. It's a fascinating research and uh, very personal to me because it is in my home, uh, you know, profession. Uh, second is, uh, second project is about gender and how it is included in MPA curriculum. Again, something very dear to me because I study, uh, I mean, I teach MPA courses, and I incorporate different uh, gender issues in the courses. So I'm, I'm conducting these two interesting research that is relevant for women and justice in a broader, broader perspective. Okay, you gave us a lot. So I'm going to just step us back just a little bit to make sure um, we get like a, a solid foundation. So based upon your research, where do you see the position of women in your field right now? Let's start from there first. Um, very, very interesting. And it's, it's like solving a world poverty problem. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's, it's that broad really. And, um, uh, I was recently reading the work of a very prominent scholar called, uh, Dr. Norma Ricucci. And in her essay, uh, the pursuit of social equity in federal government, road less travel, she started with the, um, half um, empty glass or full metaphor. And that is exactly what I think the uh, field is at. Uh, it, the dilemma indicates that should we be happy with all the work that is done so far? 
or should we be disappointed that we could have done so much better? And um, several researchers have focused on their work on social equity, and that includes fairness, equality, uh, justice within the context of gender. So a lot of work has done uh, in this area. Uh, women and work is another stream that the researchers have focused on. Um, however, there, there is still a lot more that needs to be done. And particularly uh, with the global um, context. So when you look at women within your field, what does the research say? Um, research say that uh, we have made some progress regarding women in the workforce, in the government. However, we are not there yet. Um, over the years, it indicates that there has been more numbers there. However, it doesn't uh, meet the any, it, it is not even close where numbers are for men are. So we, we still need to do a lot of work there. Um, one would think that we are uh, in a developed nation, right? With a lot of resources, with the best brains we can ever have from all over the world. Uh, we should be ahead in the game of social equity in public administration. However, uh, recently I was reading a report by uh, United Nations Development Program, and uh, they mentioned that uh, women do not yet participate equally in public administration, especially in leadership and decision-making roles. And that is true for um, our country as well. The report was talking about international observations. And we are still not very different from that. So there is a lot more work to do. Uh, women have increased uh, in the numbers. However, still not there yet with leadership positions and decision-making roles. So based on your research, why are we still at the point where I think, or at least lately I've been feeling like we keep saying that we're going to empower this population, but the next steps haven't been taken. So is this purposeful, do you think? Or is there really not this mentoring avenue to place a woman in this position or encourage that? I think it's a mix of a lot of factors. And uh, that's why it feels like we haven't made any progress. And that's why that half full, half empty glass metaphor. Um, to really make progress that's visible enough, we need to work on many different aspects from sociology, from economical you know, status of women, from family structure. Uh, but biggest uh, issue that stops women is the reproductive age. Um, that that really slows down. A lot of research indicates, not so much in public administration, but in the gender and society research stream, indicates that uh, women slow uh, down uh, during the age of reproduction because they have um, kids, they get busy, and a man at the same time just takes off continuously, keep working. That somehow doesn't stop them. Uh, from working. And so uh, that that slows down. That's one aspect of it. Uh, however, that's not the only thing. Uh, so that there are other uh, structural managerial issues that also impact. Um, 
organizations need to be really uh, gender aware to uh, promote policies. Just having all-inclusive policies or just having um, you know, family-friendly policies does not cut it. Just the numbers does not cut it. You really need to understand what's going on with your employee and their context in their life, in the families to really support them and uplift them. So for that, I think it's important uh, that management practices needs to be um, focused in a different direction, just than keeping their focus on increasing the numbers to meet the DEI expectations. Okay, so you said a lot there, so I want to unpack it a little bit. So when you say gender awareness, what does that mean? Um, that means uh, the roles about women that they play in their life, uh, not, not just that the person is a man or a woman based on their um, sexuality. They, 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 there is a specific role that women play in the society, in the family, at the workplace. And understanding that holistically is really important as a leader for me to understand and run the organization and to support that person. So um, in other words, uh, inclusive leadership is important, where leader is also aware of um, his or her own biases. The the person needs to know um, that the person himself or herself could be viewing the situation with bias, which is, which is not uh, conscious at times. And therefore they should um, include others in the decision-making, ask for others' opinion, ask for other perspective. Um, leader who is vulnerable and is willing to um, get more input from others uh, is, is better than successful. And that makes the workplace more just in so many ways, because then the person will know all the different aspects of uh, what's going on uh, and in one person's life, being a woman or man. And that that will help. So uh, I know you do a lot of training and a lot of your literature talks about this. So what type of barriers do you um, come across, especially when you're turning to leaders to say, and it sounds like you want more of a holistic approach of within the workplace? Um, I can hear a leader saying, hey, I'm just here you know, you said you could do this job and I'm just going to pay you for the job. Why should I consider these other aspects? So how do you address that? Um, and again, that that's that's going back to the awareness part. Of sure. It. You know, they, when, when you're training leaders or when you're teaching leaders, and that's, that's the reason I went back to teachings and my research um, focused on that, that do we really teach our administrators who will be leaders in government in future, what gender sensitivity means. Do, do they know if they don't take a course on gender and management or women and leadership, will they really know the issues of gender and how gender and management work? If they don't take that course, which is specialized course, will they really learn about it without any training or anything at the end of the MPA degree? And, that, and I was curious about that. And uh, the research is still uh, a work in progress, but from the whatever preliminary findings I see um, that no, we are not really uh, putting enough emphasis on this issue in our core courses. 
most of the core courses do not focus on uh, gender in their textbook, or they do not even devote one full class talking about gender issues. So that's, that's, that's a big barrier start at the beginning of the training part of it. Then when you move on and you go at the workplace, and if you are gender sensitized with some trainings, good for you. Otherwise, you are on your own. You have no clue. Even if you want to be inclusive and sensitive, you are not trained for these things. So it sounds like you're wanting us as a society and a culture to step back to say, how are we um, informing the population before they get to the market? Of course, you need to know and be skilled to deal with a problem. If you don't know what is the problem, how you're going to deal with it. And second, if you know it's a problem, you have no tools to deal with it. And some of those tools would be um, offering what? What has the research um, shown you to, this is something that if you have a business or a nonprofit, this is an aspect that you definitely need to, is it just having the person at the table to voice it? Or are you talking about more of maybe childcare um, at a facility? Yeah, it, it could be childcare at the facility. It's a flexible work um, policies. It, it, it could be, um, you know, pro- providing certain kinds of health benefits so that a woman is more empowered uh, to make certain decisions. Um, or also just, just accepting um, women, not just as a token at the table, but as a, as a, uh, decision maker, you know, the, the, the uh, items that we listed are kind of a to do's and you can do those things and still not have a woman and justice at their, uh, that, that place. Uh, and I, I can talk from my own personal experience that, uh, I have been on many different committees for all these years that I have been uh, in this profession. Okay. Uh, and, and, um, uh, and, uh, a lot of time I have been on the committee or I have been asked to be on the committee because I am a woman and I am a woman of color. Um, now, that's a good start, right? That at least for whatever reason, I'm included in the committee. Um, so the but, conversations or your thought is yeah. going in a positive direction. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and then I'm at the meetings. And some meetings are great. They really want to have this perspective, new perspective, different perspective, uh, or one more perspective. Uh, and some committees are like, I'm just sitting there as a token person just to meet the requirement of their uh, guidelines. Uh, and, and so uh, they, they, because I'm the only woman there and uh, my voice is not heard enough or my opinions are repeated with using with different language, but same ideas stolen from uh, somebody sitting next to me. Right. And I'm sure I'm not the first one experiencing this. I'm sure you might have, or a lot of other women I have talked to have uh, had the same feeling. I, I mean, say same experience. So uh, leaders and employers in general uh, have to have the training that goes beyond just making policies and making uh, just inclusive culture. It, it's, it's just the buzzwords, but actual implementation goes beyond just having those policies on paper. So 
It sounds like as we pull down the veil and look at this topic, one thing is moving beyond just having the token individual sitting there. Another topic that I want to go back to that you talked about is that women are basically, or it sounds like um, what you're saying, women are taken out of the market during those childbearing years or those reproductive years. Um, How do we... I guess, balance that aspect based upon your research and women in leadership. It's a hot button uh, button topic, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot button topic and it's it's hard to really answer um, in one go. Okay. It, uh, I, I think it also depends on women herself and that's called freedom of choice. Uh, it's not always that they're forced to leave the work. Some women leave work um, because they don't want to work anymore. They want to uh, be with their kids uh, for certain years. So it's not that they are just quitting, but they are just slowing down. They, they are just taking a break. So we need to have certain kinds of structures that re-entry is not that difficult. Um, that that is one way of looking at it the other way of looking at it is that um have a flexible um work hours and i think covid has made us realize that um working from home is not that bad um being flexible is not that bad if work is done um that's what matters uh, so all all that new realization i hope will help in a positive manner but it's it's a complex issue. Complex issue, uh, and, and again, feminism is not about uh, forcing women to work and empower them to work and uh, go against their natural instincts. Sometimes, just women does not work want to work after the kid is born, and and that's completely fine. That's that's the that's their choice, and if they want to work, that's where uh, the support from the employer comes in support from your leadership comes in. Uh, If they want to work, leadership needs to recognize that a woman is a mother too. And um, that's not a bad thing. That's not an intimidating thing for the uh, organization. Uh, And if you work around the new situation, the new employer, (laughs) in some sense, um, the things will be same and maybe even more productive. So uh, rather than seeing these kind of things as a bump or, uh, you know, barrier, uh, you can work around it and uh, and it's possible. And then working around it, because I love the way you say um, about flexibility and COVID, but I'm also aware as especially as we're going into the summer, I've noticed more and more businesses are turning to, okay, we're pa- let's get past COVID and go back to the original structure. So I question whether or not as we're trying to navigate and figure out our next direction and, and being inclusive, will the backlash to being equitable um, be, well, you're treating um, this woman differently than you're treating me and that's unfair. Equity, um, and frankly speaking, your invitation made me think so much more beyond uh, just what I uh, researched. You know, I started uh, thinking about justice and women, and I started thinking about 
how did it start and when did it start? And I went to Confucius writing and okay. uh, whatnot. So, so equity uh, is, is really uh, very complex, uh, even though very simple in understanding. Equity meaning treat everybody as equal, right? Uh, so in it's, theory, it's a, but yeah, yeah I mean, right? does that really work? Right. <laughs> uh, but equity in my mind is so contextual. So, um, and when you say that, like justice, how it can be contextual, then it's not justice. It's it justice have to be objective, right? Then it's justice. Otherwise, it's not justice. You, know, you cannot be subjective. But every time I think about these concepts. I feel it's it's really contextual who you're talking about, in what con- uh, situation you're talking about. If you are in certain profession, um, it's just impossible to work from home. If I'm a nurse, I cannot work from home. That's right. just it's the unrealistic. fact, right? right. So, yeah, so there is the, the, it's not about equity or fairness, but it's just not, it's, it's just a type of profession. So uh, it, it's it's really contextual. And that's why it goes case by case basis. And that's where it gets messy. And that's why one person feels that, oh, I'm not treated as equal as the other person. But if you are in an administration or if you are in a leadership position, um, that's the challenge. And that's where I think inclusive leadership comes into the picture. Uh, If you are inclusive, not just for the sake of it, mean not that you just bring everybody at the table some uh, as a token, but in real sense that you ask their opinion that this is the situation, what would you do? If everybody knows about it, maybe people might think uh, less left out or less kind of not recognized or less um, devalued. And they might come to the table with more positive attitude, even about others. You know, they, they might understand other circumstances more. If I know what's going on in your life and then you ask me about some special accommodations, I might be able to uh, do it more happily rather than just asking me about the accommodation without giving me any context. It's, it's a very simple human nature that we need to know <laughs> everything was going on to be nice to others you know we just cannot take it for granted that somebody's asking for a leave of absence that means something must be wrong and that's that now we have policies so you can do that but when giving the leave if you're going to roll your eyes that's not going to make that employee feel better so uh so it's 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 there is no straight answer to this but Every time I um, think about these things, I think that it's very contextual and that's why it's very subjective and, and I, that's why it's hard to answer. Which I appreciate. Um, but I, I, I feel like you have answered it in the sense of saying the contextual. But I think the bigger picture to me that you brought to the table was making sure everyone in the room knows the situation and the voices are heard. So we're not marginalizing anyone. Um, it may be a difficult conversation, but at least we're working together towards the end goal. And I question now, as you're saying it, whether or not we divert after a while to the leader to say, what are we going to do? And then place blame versus as a community come together. So I I think the next part to me, to you would be, is that possible or is it, it's a, a reshaping of how we look at work really, especially with your leadership. 
work will reshape every uh, every few years i see change uh, so it it has been reshaped from what it was and and it will change again uh, because i i see that world is getting more and more open and at the same time narrow so uh, you you can access tons of information everywhere wherever you see what you know you know like any any country you want to know you can you can write about that country in an hour using internet maybe now less using chat gpt who knows <laughs> so <laughs> so uh these are groundbreaking inventions and that's why i think uh, work will keep changing and that will pose more challenges in terms of uh, equity and fairness right there when i mentioned chat gpt um the issue of equity and fairness has crippled the classrooms right we how do we know who is writing what and uh, how do we grade and maybe a person who has worked so hard but wrote a b grade essay would get just b grade and person who has written nothing and just use chat gpt might get a and so where is the fairness and equity here so the the these challenge and and this is such a simple example uh it's not work it's just classroom you know it it but has limited consequences but it's very powerful and it's very real um so uh at 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 work similar things could happen and that's why we might need again different policies different different ways of working we will have to find new things um flexibility and open to change is going to be needed for every single organization um regardless uh, we we had a pandemic so now we know this previously we used to just teach these things and we used to talk about it might we actually implemented it but um even without those extreme situations i think work will change and it will need to change a uh, new generation will have different challenges and new generation will have different ways to deal with it okay we're getting close to our time um but i do want to touch base with you on you given us a lot of steps for the future but i just want to make sure um we've touched on is there anything else where especially in your research you're like okay i just want to make sure we touch on these two things before we go um because when we look at your line of work this is something that we miss um i think i i in general i i think it's uh for policies and for our, our society um in the policy making arena there are two steps forward and one step backward at times for women and justice and uh that bothers me sometimes and that concerns me too uh feminism is not about rebellion it is about treating individuals as human so um understanding of social equity beyond dei agenda is really important and when it, you say it what does because you've said it a couple of, what do you mean by that yeah, let me just make sure yeah, i'm clear yeah yeah so rather than just uh, using those words as buzzwords in your 
speeches and public, uh, you know, public arena, it's important that you actually understand as a policymaker what it means. What 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 it what what the race is? What is gender is? You know, they are not just buzzwords. Um, gender has a lot to it beyond buzzwords. And, and as a policymaker or as a voters who uh, vote for those policymakers, needs to understand that uh, women's body is not up for discussion. But that's a very private, personal space and matter. It's it and. Uh, people do talk about gender race, but they never realize this. They when, when they talk about abortion, it's but when they talk about in general, it's the gender equity and race equity, and you know, revealing this and that. And people, e- even even common uh, public, does not get it. So I think it's important that we go beyond that and understand what in real social equity means. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's really important. Um, other thing I think I already talked about is inclusive leadership. And leadership has a lot to play with women and justice at work because it's a gray area. It's not really clear cut. It's not really a performance management criteria that we might use. Like, okay, these are the four things we are looking for and you do this and that. And, you know, it, it's, it's way beyond that. It's not just numbers game. It's not, the um, those graphs that you put and say that we have this many women at this and that you should go behind those numbers and see what's going on. How did you reach to those numbers? Are there structures that are uh, supporting or not supporting uh, gender uh, equality? Are there are there are there um, some kind of uh, organizational uh, barriers that women face in our organization or in general in work environment. So need to go beyond just saying that, okay, this year we had increase in uh, women employee. Yay, we did great. But maybe not if you talk to women of their organization, they might be, uh, you know, they, they, they might have different opinion about it. So go beyond numbers. That's very important. Because I know you teach research. So it sounds like you want us to go beyond that quantitative and include more of that qualitative voice there, too. I, I, I always tell my students and I teach research methods that uh, in an ideal world, every research should be multi-method. Uh, and <laughs> Especially if you like got the funding. Ne- <laughs> yeah, that'll be like a never-ending process and one project for your life or something. <laughs> but, um, but I always say that use numbers to um, just get the picture. But more interesting is to know what and why and how behind that picture. So you really need to know why of all these issues. And that uh, is answered better by qualitative research that's that's more important so um yes you're right i i would say that go and dig why what's going on all right um we are at our time i always feel rushed uh because everyone brings all of this information um, but I have to make sure that I am staying on time. But I know that we will definitely have you back. So I would en- encourage people when they see you in the fall to say, hey, come back. Uh, so we want to definitely make sure that you're back. Did you have any final note that you wanted to leave us on? Um, it, 
I know I put you on the spot. It's a, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I have final notes. You know, <laughs> so much to say. All right, give us two. I'll, I'll give you, you know, space. Give I, us two. I know. No, no. I, I'll keep it short. You okay. know, with people who love talking. It's difficult when you just say final note. You know, but <laughs> not mad. No, I, I know how that yeah, is. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think what I would say that this is this is work in progress, and it really needs. Uh, um, very serious attention. Uh, the more empowered the women feels, the better the society will be. So that's that's really important, and it's it's not just in one arena of research or um, you know pu- public policy or uh, organizations. It's it's a mix of everything. So it should be a part of the society. It shouldn't be just a topic. It, it, it's a part of your daily life. When we re- will reach to that, we will we will see some significant changes. That's a perfect note to end on. So thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. Today, we've looked at women leaders and management. Let me echo this speaker to say that we really need to take the time to hear voices that are different from the masses. November, November, November. I have a new book coming out on November the 14th. It's a murder mystery, a cozy actually. Over the next few months, I'll be signing books and giving presentations at several locations in PA, Texas, Virginia, New York, and more. You do not want to miss these jam-packed discussion sessions as we talk about criminal justice and mystery writing. You can find my current book signing and events schedule on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or TikTok. No, I don't dance on any of the social media platforms, but follow me at Dr. Shantae James to find out where I will be in a city near you. See you there.